Welcome to the Maintenance Mavericks podcast, where we talk about trends in maintenance, reliability, and asset operations. My name is Ryan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep and also your host for today. For today's guest, I'm super excited to welcome back Ramesh Gulati, the one and only reliability Sherpa. He's one of our recurring guests, and it's always a blast having you here on the show. So welcome, Ramesh. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ryan. As I told you, I love this our conversation monthly in fact makes me younger every time i talk to you <laughs> thanks <laughs> i'm doing great all right well i'm super excited to jump into today's topic so ramesh you've had an incredible career in maintenance and reliability not just as a practitioner but also as a thought leader and an educator You've dedicated a ton of your career sharing knowledge through books, workshops, and also speaking engagements. And today, I, I want to dig deep into this topic around building your career in this industry of maintenance reliability and, all, and also how to navigate the different debates we hear that makes a well-rounded candidate or employee. So I think our discussion is going to get a little bit controversial, too. So if you're open to it. Let's jump in. You ready? I'm ready. I mean, it's a great question. And a lot of people ask me how I got here and what they could do to get there. Well, again, hey, it's your passion, interest, your hard work. All things matters. When I started my career after graduating and I was working in a foundry, large foundry, as a maintenance engineer, Boy, the issue I went through that time, really, I want to do, I was thinking where I want to be, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now to speak, you know. And lot there that time, I went through a lot of issues, a lot of challenges. It was not easy. I mean, we had operation problem. I had maintenance problem, technical problem on maintenance side, you know, those days we didn't have a computer, so we were doing all everything manually, you know. But I learned that hard work and keep learning, that's the way you have to do it. Moved to US after a few years, uh, getting experience in the majors, worked in Belgium Steel and a few other places. All the time, I'm learning every time you go, you have to learn something. And what I also learned is that you have to keep working hard, keep working, have a passion for learning and learning new stuff, how to make improvements. Also, you have to, as you go, you have to develop soft skills, you know, how to deal with people, how to create a right culture. I had several failures in my life as my working life to speak, want to implement something, and if you get frustrated, you know, are you doing the right things? You know, but I think I learned that, hey, you change your, change your strategy. If you fail, it's okay. But you have to change your strategy. You come up a new way of doing something and eventually you will succeed. So failure is not a, you know, you fail something. It doesn't matter it's the end of life. They keep working on it, you know, something with a different strategy. And I think you will succeed. And yes, is education-wise, yes, you have to get education. You know, in my way of thinking, going to college is important, whether you take a two years or four years or eight years or something, there you find the theory behind stuff 
also you find where stuff is. You know, it's easy. And then hands-on kind of also important. You're working with the people, working with the, your hands, and providing your people right tools and techniques. And that's you have to do all the time. So it's a combination of going to school as well as learning on the job. In fact, there's another thing I would say. There are three things. One is also getting involved with the industry, with your co-workers, with your societies. There also you get participate with them, try to learn and build your relationship. You know, and then you can call these guys up, hey, I'm having this problem. How do you solve or you run into these kind of issues? So it's a, to me, it's all three things, not just education, going to college, getting some you know, education there, plus your hands-on, and also getting in more with the industry. Yeah, yeah. So the combination of all of your experiences kind of led you to where you are today. You know, there's this debate in the the industry that always comes up around like, you know, formal education or do you go to trade trade school? Do you get, you know, real world experience? Some people say that college, you know, and trade school doesn't matter. You can learn everything that you need on the job. Whereas, you know, obviously other people say that having a degree, going to a four-year university is required to really move up that ladder. You know, Ramesh, I know that you've gotten a bachelor's, you've gotten a master's and also an MBA. <laughs> um, you know, are there roles within maintenance reliability where you do have to have a formal education, where it is required to have, you know, a master's, an MBA, or, you know, yeah, what do you think? Again, you have to have some education. doesn't have to be a master or PhD or something. In fact, <laughs> my first boss up in Cleveland was a master, not second boss, was a PhD. Sometimes PhD in a in a industry is a negative, okay? Because people think, oh, Doc, what the hell you know? You don't have hands-on experience. So it's come somebody's negative. To me, some college degree education is important. You get a different perspective. What's the theory behind things are, you, as well as you find out where to find things, where to go and find things, you know, that kind of thing. And hands-on, hey, that's great too. Yes, you can learn, learn on job, but it's a slow process. Okay? So kind of going to college and doing hands-on kind of a little bit faster process, you can learn both ways. You learn there and then it kind of reinforces when you do with hands-on. And also there's a no doubt what we go to college, what we learn there is a more theoretical stuff and it's not a practical kind of thing. What you learn is a much, they don't teach you the, like, I've not seen, in fact, last few years or last couple of decades, I've been fighting or going to the university, asking them to start a maintenance laboratory programs. They don't teach anything. When I came, there was nothing. Of, you know, what I read in uh, my BS degree, there was nothing I could use in uh, my hands-on when I was doing maintenance. There was nothing. Yes, but gave me some background, how yeah. things happening, how to open the gearbox, what those gears are. Kind of gave me some background 
Otherwise, I would have been dead, you know. So I think both are important going to college. Again, you don't have to go to four years, or eight years, 10 years. You can go to two years college, give you a basic background, and then, you know, get on, uh, do maintenance and laboratory, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So what I hear from that is like, you know, going to college, getting a formal education really helps you find, you know, how to learn, how to tackle problems. And that coupled with real world experience is is probably the best combination. What about your also MBA, Ramesh? Well, again, when I went to master, I was doing more process improvement because that was my desire, what I learned, experience over the years that, hey, making process better, redesigning some of the things, easier for maintenance, those are kind of things I needed, okay? So when I was doing my master in industrial engineering, I selected courses which helped me a lot, you know, lubrication, some design, some of those kind of things I did, which really helped me to do my job better, okay? And then my experience with it, you know, after I grew, did that, and then 20 years ago, I cannot believe it's over 25 years ago and did my MBA. But again, MBA was kind of a different experience. I had a lot of, that time when I went, I had a lot of experience working as a manager, all those things. But going to MBA really got me into, because especially my class, when I went through, we had a people from all in, they were not just industry people. There were lawyers there. There was an entertainer there. There was engineers. There were finance people. There was a communicator. There were people from IT world. So there were people. So now we take issue and discuss in our team. So we got a different perspective. So that gave me another view that how important is from different perspective. You know, yeah. so it was kind of a learning from all others, how you tackle operation problem, how you tackle a cultural problem, how you do that. That really helped me, my my open my another horizon. Hey, you, you're looking at narrow tunnel vision. No, open up from others' view perspective too. Yeah. You know, how they feel it, because they went through similar kind of things, you know. So it was kind of a different experience. But I learned a lot from that too. You know how do you get uh, other perspective in the thing, you know, in finding your right solutions. You know. Yeah. Would you encourage people to, you know, who are thinking about getting into this industry? Would you encourage them to, you know, go to a traditional four-year college? You know, would you encourage people to also do an a master's program? Would you encourage people to do a, you know, MBA program? And the trade-off here is always. You know, these programs, going to college, MBA, master's programs, they're extremely expensive. And so the trade-off well, is I could work, I can you know, generate money or... I think we got in, in a nowadays, it kind of a, uh, what, what I would call it a, a quick learning, okay? On the job, it'll take a while. It takes you time, you have to spend time and you have to start work, okay? Nowadays, what is happening, people want to have a quick, hey, I want to be get to that position, that chair I want in five years or 10 years. I want to be a plant manager. Well, hey, you want to, then you may have to do spend some money. I didn't go, to, I went to MBA, but I convinced my management to foot the bill. 
but it took me when they saw a potential in me that i can i'll return whatever they were spend on me i'll return back doing mm. my better job and they found this spent 50, i mean i'm talking i'm going to wonderful was not easy and it was a big management decision they finally they agreed yeah they will put the bill 50 grand you know that type of 50 60 grand whatever but again I was, it was my time on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was doing every other weekend, spending my time and learning, but they were spending money too. So it was kind of a mutual benefit for both to us, you know, to me as well as to my company. So I think you have to find a way. Yes, it's a lot of money. But again, you see, have to see the value. What stage? I mean, if you go... right now you are just want to get in mba may not help you but get some experience work it if your company or some can put the bill that will be great so you have to i mean you have to select what's the best route for you you know yeah yeah that's a great option too ramesh is yeah you know <laughs> do a really amazing job at your workplace and you know often times you know company will also invest in its people um to that's right you know ultimately see you succeed and help the business succeed even, even more so i i love that yeah. perspective maybe you can do both and maybe it's just a matter of like you know finding the right company to support you and also you know putting in those extra hours on the weekends on the weeknights um to to really you know go to school and do an executive mba program like you did yeah again it's not a company has to see what you're doing it I was again. I encourage people get involved with the industry. I was spending a lot of my time. Right now, I'm retired, but still spending my time to ISO meetings. You know, supporting ISO or IIE or you know, you know, some other societies, SMRP, and company was seeing that. Hey, I'm doing spending a lot of time, and then I can get people. building a relationship trying to get my see another thing is which i want to tell my guy my company many times although they knew i had a talent or i had been doing the right thing but they won't listen to me many people i have to get people from an outside company who i made the friend as my building my relationship to get to my company and talk to my people you know what are good things we have to best practice which mm-hmm. i was trying to bring you know so it's always you have to see what the best how you can sell your program you know that yeah. so that's it takes a while to build that status or relationship to get those things mm-hmm. do you feel like having a masters having an mba helped you accelerate your career in maintenance reliability and then all maybe also on the flip side do you feel like not having a formal college education limits your career potential in maintenance and reliability not really it should i've seen people who don't have mba or master can still succeed but again you have to put forth your good effort you know you have to have a passion if you do it you can do it i selected both ways i say okay i want to be lebed more especially i'll be honest with you coming from immigrant that work hard and that was my case i have to show that i'm educational wise i can do it 
So I think that would be hard. So once I start doing it, hey, I felt they felt, hey, I'm doing both. I'm having education as well as. The, mm-hmm. So I think some of us who are first generation immigrant have to work harder than others. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, another point in my case. But again, you don't have to have a master's or MBA or PhD to succeed in major philosophy. You don't need to. But you have to work hard as you have to do. Yeah. 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 I mean, to your point, you got to work hard and also to show passion. You have to get that, you know, if you can, having a formal education does help. But, you know, what I hear from you is there's no replacement for hard work. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, work hard as you get, if you can get education on the side to get education helps. Again, I said, hey, I love it. What I did, I'm not Again, I think all of them, when I did my master, it paid me off. You know, my next job or next, you know, my, what I want to do when I did an MBA, it paid me off something, you know. So I think it's really also built a credibility. Yeah, yes, you are capable of doing it. Yeah. What about certifications? Because there are a lot of certifications in maintenance and reliability. Is that a replacement for formal college or is it more of a supplement? Like when, you know, as a as an employer, when you're going through the stack of applications, like how important are certifications, the CMRT, CMRPs uh, of the world? Um, how important is that? Great question. Great question. Let me tell you my story short and short. In the 80s, we went to a reliability journey, our company. Myself, I was kind of leading. Failed a couple of times. Then started again in the 90s, we did it. Now, I was sending my people. Myself, I went and went to several courses, classes here, there, where I would find maintenance or maintenance or reliability, I'll send my people. After doing this for a while, I really start thinking, and some of my people or my management, my management, start thinking, are we doing the right things? Do we know what we are sending someone? Are they getting the right knowledge? Okay, that was the question. And in fact, I got involved with the industry, talking to my colleagues, and that time, back in the mid-90s, late-90s, we didn't have a kind of a, what knowledge a major laboratory professional should have. What kind of knowledge should have. So, as I said, I look all the universities. I went many places. I was part of the University of Tennessee. They started major laboratory center at that time. I was part of that group. And point is, we could not find or could not define what a major laboratory professional should look like. So I was searching for this and I got involved with a, some other friends that be part of SMRP. We got together and started exploring or looking in industry how to define what a major laboratory professional should look like or what kind of attributes this person should have. And we did a lot of uh, face-to-face meeting and surveys and all these kind of things. Result was in late 90s, 98 time frame somewhere, we come up a list of 400 line items. Hey, and we divided in five kind of thing, business management. We need to 
major laboratory professionals should be able to understand what the management requirements, what the required for management, what the budget issues are, how to sell program those. Then we had a process. Hey, person should know what the manufacturing process is, what operation is, what we make, how we make, all those kind of things. Then equipment should understand how the equipment operates, what's inside the equipment, how that operates. Then we had a people skill. Now it's called organization and management, but that was people skill. We have to deal with people, how to manage people, what kind of training we had to provide them. That was the work management, how to get the work accomplished, planning, scheduling, material, CMML system, all the stores, all those kind of things. So as a result of that, we define these and this, and eventually as a group, as a team, we said, okay, we have done this. Now can we have a certification program or something to assess the knowledge? So then we went through from there to establish a CMRP. Now it's called CMRP, that certification. Again, you don't see these things because in the colleges that time still there's no training or education regarding maintenance and reliability issues. Nobody talks about it. That's the reason it was created this way. If you have, and it was a lot of effort, I tell you, we spent a lot of time, still I do, in writing these questions, which are more hands-on kind of thing. You need to have by experience. You can answer those. So that's the reason 2001 CMRP was created to speak. And there's been over 20 years, and there's a thousands of people. In fact, I company, my company, I had all, even my general manager and all directors were certified. That made the difference because they were all talking same language. Mm-hmm. It brings the same language, okay? Yes, this, uh, that knowledge, what we were testing, was in the, not a textbook anywhere. And that's the reason I was kind of, Force, not force, or my friend request my friends, hey, write something up. So I wrote that book, My Meets Laboratory Best Practices, which is in third edition. And I'm proud of that. You know, I did that something. And when I see a lot of people on the internet and they are telling me how good that is, I'm so happy I did that. But that was a reason because those things are not in a textbook you don't yeah. read in the colleges. And I've been working with the colleges and some university have started maintenance laboratory program. They try to educate and it's happening, but it's going to take a long, long time to do that. You know, get in a regular curriculum. So I mean, I, what I really hear from that is like, you know, these certifications are to prove the real world experiences and, and that's exactly the job versus, you know, the, the traditional four year college is more about theory. You know, what would you say to someone who, and I can also attest to this and understand this, what would you say to someone who might argue that someone earning a certification or going to a four-year college and getting really good grades is just simply good at taking tests and not that, you know, they're experienced and knowledgeable for real on the ground, like, you know, roles as a a maintenance reliability engineer? I'll give you another real example. When we were doing this, we, in our company, we used to hire six 
eight engineers every year, okay? And we told them when we started our program, hey, anybody can take CMRP exam. Cynthia will bear the bill, $250, okay? But they have to spend their time. But after doing two, three, four years, we learned the young engineers coming, usually they don't pass. Only 20% will pass the exam, okay? And then we made a, based on that kind of data, we said, guys, stop it. You have to have a two, three years of experience before you take exam. Otherwise, not economical. We were, I mean, they were trying, then they'll get frustrated, all those kind of things. Yes, we'll give you training, but you get the job doing something, and then after two years taking the exam, the CMRP, that's better. That's, so what I'm saying is, Yes, there will be a couple of young kids who have a little bit of experience somewhere working on the farm or somewhere and something they may do okay in taking the exam in early stages. But most of them, I don't think they'll pass the exam because a lot of questions there are experience center, yeah. experience-based, okay? And I know I was initially on the board who wrote the exam questions I later on too. So we tried to put more experience-based questions possible. Yeah, there will be some which will be easy. Again, there's a multiple choice and those choices come sometime, it's easier, yes. So there will be some people will pass through, but it's, hey, but I think it's a little difficult for the raw guy coming from the college with a bachelor degree to pass the exam. Usually it's a little bit, it's challenging. It's not easy. All right, that's right. Um, well, I really appreciate all the time, Ramesh. You know, as we wrap up today's conversation, what is the biggest takeaway that you hope all of our listeners are gonna learn from today's discussion? Well, always think your where you want to, what's the purpose of all this? Where what's your vision? Where you want to be 10 years, 20 years from now, okay? What position you're looking uh, to get there? What kind of things you have in mind? And then think about your performance. Are you doing the right things to get there? That's kind of, always think, you know, are you doing right things to get whatever your vision is, mm-hmm. what your purpose is, okay? And be polite, be diplomatic with the people. You never know who's going to be your boss or whose boss you want to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> tomorrow. It has happened to me, uh, a small word, you know, and be, build relationships. Get involved with the industry, societies. I know I have done that and people say, oh, you had a time. Hey, I didn't have a time either. I had a, my, I had a son who was sick, but still my, we were able to go and do something, learning, attend the meetings, those kind of takes time. Some young people, young kids don't want to do that. Hey, I don't have time. And but take your time to do something, learn, go to attend some meetings, get involved, build a relationship with there. Okay. And the last thing is, which is my pet, learning, knowledge. I, I thought I knew a lot of things, but no, nah, 
I'm still <laughs> learning. Every day I learn. Every day I'm learning something. So, so learning never stops to me. And every day I said, okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So it's a learning. So I think these are kind of things. Uh, if you want to succeed in your life, do a good job. Think about your vision, the purpose, performance, how you're doing it. And never stop learning. Building relationship, never stop learning. That's kind of <laughs> my bottom line. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's some great advice. And thank you again, Ramesh, for joining us. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today's episode of the Maintenance Mavericks podcast. Again, my name is Ryan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Shoot me an email at ryan at upkeep.com. I hope everyone enjoyed today's discussion. I look forward to connecting with all of you soon. Until next time, Ramesh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Ryan. Talk to you later, sir.